Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable, where we, three doctor physical therapy, but today it's just two of us, discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we're putting on our feet. But it's not just us today. Today we are so thankful to have Chad here from ASICS Running. Um, He is joining us, uh, giving us his valuable time to talk about what ASICS has been up to and the direction a little bit about what they might be doing in the future uh, and talking about what ASICS has done in 2020. So thanks so much for joining us, Chad. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's just start. We love to ask people kind of how they got involved with the industry. What's their history of running? What are you doing with ASICS now? How long have you been there? That kind of thing. Just give us some background. Sure. Yeah. So I think the cliff notes would be, boy, so I started in run specialty, worked and run specialty for about six and a half years, uh, independent store, and then wanted to which kind of store, get my hand. Which so store for, were you at? Yeah. So I worked for a really small uh, store in Bellingham, Washington called Fairhaven Runners and Walkers. Well, shout out to them, uh, Stephen Genevieve, but uh, really great ex- experience, worked with a lot of bigger brands, and uh, my d- degree was in automotive engineering, and so I really wanted to, to kind of get into product creation, and so there was an opportunity that came up with ASICS, and um, so I started with ASICS in 2014, actually, mm-hmm. as a, a tech rep, which is kind of more staff education kind of in the field with uh, run specialty, sporting goods, so I was covering, at the time, Washington, Oregon, and Alaska. And then about a year and a half into that role, got the opportunity to, to get into products. And so I've been in a couple different product roles and uh, currently I'm a global product line manager and I manage um, a couple of our product silos for, for the globe. Fabulous. So you were a Northwest rep then. Correct. So yep. Then you would probably know stores like Fit Right Northwest or Foot Traffic in Portland, which I'd like to... Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fit right no longer exists, but a uh, big shout out to Foot Traffic as I also had my start in running retail stores. So... Cool. Yeah. Good to shop local. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Fabulous. So let's kind of the last two years, ASICS has really introduced a lot of new things. You're looking at the lines like the, the Evo ride, the glide ride, the meta ride. And then you look at the new foams, like the, the fresh foam blast. You kind of have, I think there's three shoes kind of in that line, Nova Blast, Dyna Blast. Um, and then obviously the meta racer, uh, you have a lot, a lot of new things. I feel like that meta racer fits into that glide ride, evil ride category with the way that the rocker will dive into that. Maybe, maybe you have more insight, but what was kind of the inspiration or philosophy for some of these shoes? Um, and, and how'd you guys come upon developing them? Sure. I mean, that's a, a lot of shoes you just rolled off the tongue there. So I'm going to try <laughs> to answer that comprehensively, but also concisely. Um, so for the, for the meta ride, which kind of started that whole silo that you touched on with, uh, with glide ride, evil ride, and then kind of that guides whole technology, applying it to, to racing and meta racer, um, that was really kind of lab learnings we saw about how do we improve running economy and efficiency through the kinetic chain as the runner is, is running with this idea that every, every runner would, you know, want to improve and be able to run longer without expending as much uh, energy or effort. And so that was kind of a little impetus there. And then we, um, 
looking at kind of like the Novoblast and Dynablast, that was more how do we create a new and differentiated running experience from like our core running product, like the Keanu, Nimbus, Cumulus 2000, uh, mainly because we're seeing a lot of runners that are, you know, maybe not racing or running quite as far in terms of distance, but wanting, you know, a softer, lighter weight, a little bit more progressive underfoot uh, ride. And so I would say the consumer came first in, in all of them. And um, we're, you know, obviously foam and uh, material innovation has, has definitely accelerated over the past couple of years. And so that really was, you know, also a key driver in, in terms of delivering some of those experiences. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know how much of the, you know, the, the research behind some of the, the way that you guys have integrated your, your rocker sole and your toe spring into those shoes. But um, one of the shoes I did test this year was the glide ride and the, the rocker through the, and Matt and David both did the meta racer. And so in that line, those are the ones we got to test And the, the four foot rocker and the emphasis there really does really in terms of how it feels um, really gives that forward drive feeling where you're kind of, I don't want to say falling forward because that might sound bad, but that idea of it's really pushing you forwards up onto the toes quickly. And the, the soul facilitates that. Um, and, and with, in terms of energy expenditure, the idea being if you take away some of the demand on the body to, to create that rocker, um, mm -hmm. you can be a little bit more efficient. Did you, did you have a role in that? Uh, I don't know what the event was called, but where people basically put on the glide ride and went and ran as long as they could. Um, out in the salt flats or whatever it was. Salt flats. Yeah, the, I think it was called the Endless Run. So full disclosure, I was the PM for Glide Ride 2 and then working um, on the rest of the, kind of that silo now. Um, cool. The, the PM for version one is now actually in global marketing. Um, and so I was not one of the people that was actually there to kind of instigate that event. Um, our product director was there and a couple of people from merchandising. But mm. um yeah, I think that kind of whole idea was birthed out of our, our lab in, in uh, Kobe, Japan, called the Institute of Sports Science, or the ISS. And it's basically a bunch of, uh, you know, PhD and very much more educated people in biomechanics than myself that kind of go to work and, um, you know, assess our athletes and all that. And then through that, we find, you know, some interesting research. And then we kind of work back from that in terms of, like, how can we apply this to a product to potentially make a better shoe for, for everybody? So, Cool. So uh, one question I've been thinking about, you know, you guys have so many different options for people now. Um, and, and those mainstay shoes that you mentioned, we're, we're going to hopefully talk about some of the um, kind of directions you're moving with those as well next. But um, are we going to continue to see those mainstay models? Like are the, are the you know, the Kayanos and the 2000s and the Nimbus and the Cumulus, are those still going to be part of it? Or is, is, are these new shoes kind of taking over? Yeah, boy. You know, like the, the Cano Nimbus 2000, um, really those are kind of our, our core shoes. I would say like that, there's a pretty loyal fan base. I mean, when, anytime you have a shoe that's 27, 28 iterations <laughs> old, it's kind of like the Honda Civic or, you know, a cord, like you're going to yeah. have a, a consumer there. Um, I think some of the shoes we talked about earlier, that allows us to kind of differentiate a little bit and, and maybe hit on lighter weight experiences or, um, you know, a little bit more energetic foam underfoot. So a lot of the things we're doing right now, we're kind of innovating maybe a little bit faster in some of the other silos. And then we're using those learnings to re-influence our core products, knowing that, yeah. you know, if we move too quickly for a 2000 consumer, for instance, we might, you know, heaven forbid, piss off, you know, 20% yeah. of them. So it's, 
it's kind of, you know, you, you have a little bit more leeway to test things in, in other models. And then we, we kind of prototype uh, new foams and things like that in, in a 2000 or a Cano. And then chances are you'll see that, you know, in the next few seasons here. Yeah. You know, it's and interesting. That seems, so, go ahead, Matt. It's, it's interesting. We, especially myself, who's do, I'm doing my PhD in this stuff right now, is that mm-hmm. it's very easy to approach this stuff from the biomechanical standpoint of going, oh, let's just evolve this. But then what we have learned talking to some very wonderful people have been able to come on, including yourself, is you can't forget the marketing component. Is that you have a shoe that's been around for 20, almost 30 years, and you have a loyal following on that. If you change that too drastically, you're going to p- irritate a lot of people because there's some people like, please don't change my shoe. You guys ha- have had some very interesting shifts, even in your core model. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, the Cumulus is now basically a full ground contact outsole. And you're not seeing that, uh, you know, the, um, the trustic, systems trustic are- system in there, which is something I kind of harp on, but it was very interesting to see that change because that's a core product. It's like, whoa, that's, but at the same time, there's still some of the elements you keep in there. So I'm interested how you guys have to really balance that, huh? Especially as a well-established company to go, hey, we could, and that's what was interesting to watch the light models come out where you go, hey, we can innovate here by still keeping some of the core models similar, right? Like not like deviate, like evolving a little bit, but not deviating. That's an interesting balance from a marketing perspective. Yeah, it really has been. It's kind of a, a fun tension to to kind of play with because anytime you try to modify a Cumulus or you know Nimbus or two thousand or Cano, there has to be quite a bit of testing that goes into it make, to make sure that you know that that consumer is expecting quite a bit from the product. They're training for a marathon. They're training for a half. They're uh, generally speaking a little bit more um, you know committed runner or, or consumer who's running quite a bit more, and so. Um, that kind of product's ex- expectation or promise, if you will, is quite high. And so, um, yeah, I think it was model 20 on the Cumulus that we, we first kind of got rid of the, the midfoot trustic and we went to full ground contact. Mm-hmm. And then as we've gone to 22, we've kind of, you know, even taken off a little bit more of the weight. And a lot of that kind of comes down to even material updates in the sense that, you know, in the past you had to have these rigid plastics and things to reinforce even a neutral shoe because, Otherwise, the shoe was just you know, either too compliant or, or too heavy. And so torsionally, you couldn't get it to, to operate the way you wanted to as you go through, through the gate cycle. And so, um, yeah, overall, I mean, we're, we're happy about the direction. I think the Cumulus 22 is a, a really killer update. It's probably one of my favorite shoes from, the, from this past year. Um, it was a shoe that, you know, I, I got a pair, ran a, a couple times in a week in it, and then I was – went off to Tennessee for the Ragnar with a couple of our mm-hmm. run specialty retailers. And nice. I, I forgot to pack any other shoes. And so that was the shoe that I, I wore for, for the, like the flight there, all three legs in the airport and back and like zero <laughs> issues. So I was like, all right, we got a winner. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the clear advertisement for the cumulus on this one. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's interesting. So I ran in the Tarther Edge this, this year. Um, one fun thing it, I, I, it's always fun when you PR in a shoe. And so I, my five, five K PR by a minute, um, wow, when I, okay. in, in this shoe, it's not, I mean, full disclosure, it's not all the shoe I was training, you know, hard, but I did break, I went from a 1918 to an 1818, which isn't so blazing all, all fast, shoe, but it's, it was all the shoe. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has the extended trustic system still. And I think what's interesting is technology that's being phased out of some shoes doesn't mean that it's bad technology. I think that there's a lot of things about the value of this, the uh, stiffness that this gives to a racing flat that still has a really good amount of stack on it, by the way, um, is still valuable. And so I guess one of the questions I had for you, when you look at 
your transition to these light 2000 is like uh, everyone wears the GT 2000 <laughs> and um, even I have has that kind of and it has that and that one still doesn't have the plastic component uh, the trustic system really right? does, yep. um, and that's how it's kind of built in its stability so what do you what do you guys are you playing around with you know changes in your stability with the Kyano lights we should definitely talk about um, but still maintaining some through the trustic system kind of what what philosophies are you drawn from there and how did the Kyano light get designed um, and what's the thoughts about the GT2000? Yeah, boy. Okay. I'll just Sorry. try to like, no, it's okay. It's <laughs> such a long winded question. So I'm like, boy, how do I answer that? Um, questions. Yeah, no. So yeah, I guess starting from the beginning, yes, 2000 currently still is Trustic. Um, back even further, the, the Tarther, the Trustic on that is actually slightly different where typically like for a can or, or a 2000, it's more about the, the bending stiffness and the torsional rigidity. For the, the Tarler, we actually call that a propulsion trustic. So it actually has a TPU piece that continues into the forefoot. It kind of acts like a, a forefoot stiffener to allow for a little bit more dynamic toe off. Um, and then getting to the counter light, which is probably a shoe you guys are all excited about. And, um, you know, myself as well running in uh, more recently. Uh, for that shoe, really, it kind of was birthed out of a couple different things. It was, um, you know, a researcher who came to us from... Um, from Calgary and, and basically was studied under a pretty prominent, uh, you know, gentleman within your guys' field and, and had some ideas on like, how can we take some of these things that we learned and, and potentially influence product in terms of, you know, stability on, as a whole is how do we, you know, guide the foot through, through gate cycle. And some folks are a little bit more mobile than others. And so one of the biggest kind of innovations on that product was this idea of 3D space construction, which is a patented technology on the, the top layer of the midsole. So a lot of times mm. you have, bottom loaded components that are either like a trustic or, you know, a post like Duomax um, or, you know, rubber coverage. And so with this, it actually is set up to deform in a way where, you know, the lateral side deforms more than the medial side. And then you use mm -hmm. just kind of the, the geometry and the platform itself to effectively not use components to stabilize the foot. So we were really excited and we saw the lab results and kind of like this proof of concept and, um, well. Anytime you get runners and athletes who test the product and they speak highly of it, you know, you, you think you're on something pretty good. And so it was, it was a pretty uh, fast turnaround on the product. And in the sense that, you know, within about 18 months, we had like this idea and then it was just brought wow. to market and kind of this uh, incarnation. And, um, and, it, was and it worked right away. 18 months yeah. is pretty fast. That's pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. It's on our knowledge of how long it takes to develop footwear. Yeah. So most footwear typically is about an 18 month calendar. Um, okay but bringing in kind of like the, like a, a new concept and then testing it to the degree, um, you know, in, in lab testing, wear testing, making sure mm -hmm. that you feel confident to, to bring it to market. Um, it was definitely one of those things where we, we believed in it early on after kind of some of the initial testing. And then as we got further down the, down the, you know, the rabbit hole, it was like, okay, this is actually something pretty cool. Um, yeah. so you'll see more of that influence the rest of our product line in the future. Um, awesome. So yeah, we're, we're pretty, pretty pumped on the technology. Kudos to you guys. That I thought I smelled Ben O'Nig's uh, influence in this shoe. But again, the, the concepts is this is the stuff that we read about. And so I've been following his research. And that personally guides a lot of how I, I've learned a lot from his literature. I'd love to meet him at some point. So we're in the process of trying to get him on here. But that, I, that concept of, you know, the body's going to kind of move on its own. And how do you influence that and not try to like control it? 
it really speaks to the shoot that you guys have done a wonderful job where if you stand in it, you may not notice the stability, but running for those, someone who, who does like stability will notice that fatigue after many miles. This is a great shoe where it's integrated so well that you almost don't notice it, but it still does a good job of kind of going, you know, you're the facilitating your path of least resistance. So I think that's, you guys did a good job. So I'm very excited to see that's a big shift. That's a big shift moving away from the traditional posting. And like you said, a, moving from a bottom loaded, a bottom loaded stability mechanism. Yep. I think that's probably the biggest difference in this shoe compared to any other stability shoe out there is that the, the mechanism is built at the top of the midsole. Um, is, is there, I, I don't have the shoe. Is there different densities between those two midsoles or are they the, the bottom midsole and the top midsole? No, so it's actually all the same density. Um, yeah. It's a, a slightly different density than that of the Nimbus Light. They both use the same midsole compound, the, uh, the flight foam with the cellulose nanofiber or the byproduct of kind of the creation of sugarcane. And so mm. it's about 20% of the biomass is kind of that recycled content. And then like Nimbus oh, cool. Light, it's about 80% of the upper is, is recycled, um, like basically like recycled poly, polyester through like, you know, bottles and things of that nature. So it's, there's mm. a green component there as well that we were exploring as we look to create more sustainable product also. I was going to say, people don't miss that. Like the, when, when companies are taking the efforts to, to decrease carbon footprint and to put in recycled product, um, we're moving in a really cool direction. So that's cool to hear that that's what you, with your, with your newest models and what you're putting your, your efforts of, um, oh my goodness, innovation towards is including uh, sustainability. So that's really good to hear. It's um, awesome. Matt, do you have any other questions about the kind of light? Yeah, I, I'm curious because having tried a good number of ASIC shoes, the fit was far different than any ASIC shoe I've tried. So I'm wondering, did you guys change the last kind of what, if you did, what was the thought behind that? Because to me, this is one of the widest, I can be a little sensitive with the toe box. I'm one of those people um, that I have plenty of room in this shoe, yet I'm still very secure. Like it's again, one of the few shoes I don't have to lace lock. And I'm curious since I associate ASICs with having a little bit more snug fit and that may be incorrect depending on the person, but what brought this on? If this is different, I'm curious. Yeah. So the, the fit is slightly, slightly different. Um, not then like our inline piano or, mm -hmm. or cumulus. It's, it's basically been a, an update to the last that we did a couple seasons ago now introduced first to the count of 27 and then now on cumulus um, 2000. So basically all of our core product is moving to this, you know, updated fit. Um, and that was basically with the insight that some of our consumers were finding that our fit was a little bit too, um, you know, too tight through the toe box and there was just some feedback there. And so we took it pretty seriously and we did basically 2000 plus uh, foot scans across the entire globe. Mm -hmm. And then basically like reverse engineered that into a last and determined how to kind of optimize constructing around that. So obviously part of it is the physical form or the, the last, which is, you know, for those of you that are just listening, kind of like a three-dimensional form that you build the flat textile over then part of it is optimizing the material that goes around that as well in terms of you know in this case it's a monofilament based jacquard mesh versus like a knit which has a little bit more stretch to it so it's kind of the the two marrying together that give you you know an ideal fit where you can kind of adjust the pattern and some of the other things to really dial that in but um, the goal here was just how do we give a little bit more room in the toe box uh, a little bit more toe height and then really lock in that midfoot and heel that's awesome all right. So let's, uh, Chad, this is just a question for you. We'll have you just answer it, but what is for you either from your running experience or just from kind of your 
involvement in the development and all this stuff. If you had to pick one shoe that you guys have put out this year, that is your top ASIC shoe um, or favorite. I don't know. I don't know how, how you would want to use what adjective you'd want to use, but your favorite or top or most exciting ASIC shoe that you guys have put out this year. What, what would it be? Boy. I'm so biased because I'm running in stuff for like a year from now. <laughs> so I'm like, right. I'm think, like what's available? Um, <laughs> what did I run in a year ago? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say probably the Cano light or the Nimbus light are, are kind of the two that I'm most pumped about. I've, I've run through, you know, a pair of the Nimbus light Cano light. I have a pair in my, my house right now and having the first snow of, of the season here in Boston, I'm hoping to get out a little bit more before it gets too cold, but yeah. Um, those experiences I think are just so dialed in where for the candle light, especially like typically I'm, I'm not much of a pronator. I have a little bit of, um, you know, my, my right foot tends to be a little bit lower than my, than my left. And so I generally speaking, don't like the feeling of a post. And so with the candle light, it just set up perfectly where it's like, as I fatigued a little bit and needed a little bit more, it was there to kind of hug the foot. And, and it was just so seamless that I kind of forgot about it which to me, that's kind of a, a really great thing about a shoe is if it just works with you and you don't have to think about, oh, it's doing this now as I'm getting more tired. Um, and then with the Nimbus Light, I think just kind of the, the platform being so soft and, and really seeing that we could push the needle with sustainability also, because I think just looking at the, just the production of product, like there's so many sample rounds and things and um, mm. how do we kind of figure out how to do this more sustainably, both with, um, our own processes to bring product to market, but then also with the end product too. Mm. Really cool. No, I'm, I'm, also, I'm assuming you've also run in the, the Nimbus uh, light too, that we've now seen that road trail run was uh, talking about, which looks also really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should get a pair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get it when it comes Hopefully, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's, uh, let's jump to what I think everybody wants to know about the most. Cause I, I feel like people are always wanting something new and then and when it comes and then you're just like, well, what's coming next? Because right. <laughs> it was exciting for five seconds. No. Um, but let's talk about the future of ASICs. I think a lot of people want to hear kind of more about what direction you guys are going. What are the plans for 2021? Um, and if there, you can say anything about what we saw Sarah Hall running in um, at the London Marathon and if that's something that people are going to see. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would use like a running analogy, like if 2020 was the first half of a half marathon and 2021 is the second half, mm-hmm. we're going to negative split the bad boy. Um, I would say I'm, I'm super pumped. It's There's a ton of stuff coming. Uh, there's new foam innovations. There's athlete, you know, collaborations with regards to some of our racing product. Um, with regard to Sarah, I mean, obviously, any a lot of our globally sponsored athletes are, are testing product continuously. So um, that was a prototype you guys saw at, at London. Um, yeah, I mean, as a, as a shoe nerd, kind of at my core, I'm just, I thought like really just pumps there. There's just a ton of new stuff coming, um, and running in, in a lot of it. It's, it's good. It's real good. That's exciting to hear, you know, this, this is one of those years, like in the shoe geekery world, um, you know, people, there's a couple companies this year that have been talked about with how much they did this year. You know, some, some years are just kind of like, Hey, we're going to, you know, here's your new next step. It's just an update upper, uh, whatever. But there's a couple companies that are thrown out as this total innovative, moving the industry forward this year. And ASICs is always in that conversation. Um, so to hear to hear that next year is kind of going to be that 
I, I love that analogy of the conclusion of, of what this year was is definitely exciting. So um, we look forward to seeing what we got. Um, Matt, do you have any other questions for Chad or Chad? Do you have anything else that you want to share with us before we wrap up? Um, no, I mean, I, I'd just be curious, Matt, knowing that you're, you know, going into your, your thesis for stability, kind of your, your candid thoughts on the candle light just after running in it. Well, to be, I'm, I'm now heavily biased since I've run in it. Right. And so it's honestly one of my, it's probably the, my shoe of the year at this point, I think. Now I want to give a disclaimer that, I often talk about, like, sometimes may seem a little bit negative about posting. Um, it's because it doesn't always work super well for me as somebody who does need a little more stability. And I don't want that to come off as negative because we're a very, a very, a certain population of athletes and runners and walkers and people, a post does work very, very well. But I think we may have made a mistake where we thought that it works for everyone. It didn't kind of go in line with the, with the models that are in the current line of research going, you know what, the foot's going to kind of do what it wants and you have to figure out why and then do your best to kind of help support its path rather than trying to change its path drastically. drastically. Because if you do anything drastic, you're, you can just as easily create an in injurious situation as you can try to fix one. Uh, whether we can actually fix one is, is up for debate. But what I like about the Kiana light is that from what I've taught, so your example is a great thing where you're like, you know what, usually I'm kind of sensitive to post, but I can put this thing on and it feels totally smooth. And I had the same experience where you guys using the geometric shapes and I think using ge geometry to create stability is a very effective way to re reach a larger portion of the population to be able to provide a stable ride without forcing you, which again, if you have that force, you might alienate people who might have a little bit more stable feet or might just need a little bit, or even those who might need moderate amounts. This was a very cool thing to finally see some of these concepts that we've been talking about in the literature come to life in a, a market available shoe to go. There's a way to support a large variety of people, even those who might even not need stability. And from a biomechanics and a marketing perspective, if you can create something that reaches a larger like group of people, that's awesome. And so that's, I think, one of the really, other than this being super comfortable and like fitting my biomechanics totally, which can bias here, I think you guys did a really good job and I'm really excited to see what comes of it. I um, mean, you guys use so many things like, you know, flare and things like that to be integrated really well. I'm amazed to see a heel bevel on A6 because I know I harp on that a lot. <laughs> Um, that boy was like, whoa, what is this? Like, what happened? What do you guys smoke? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was cool to see that. And I, I am excited to see the direction you're heading. And if this is any indication, it's, it's really good. So being able to create a product that doesn't isolate into a specific group and instead can successfully reach a greater group of people with a variety of needs is very impressive. And I think mm -hmm. just highlights a lot of the recent literature because sometimes there's not, a, there's not a good connection between the literature and like real life. We see, as clinicians, we see that all the time. We're like, yeah, I know the research says this, but I'm watching this work in front of my eyes. And you know, it's not just the research. It's how does it work in the clinic or on the road? And I think this is a great, great example of it does work and it can work really well. And so that's why I'm so, I'm very impressed. You guys did a great job. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Um, Matt, do you have any other questions before we wrap up? Um, I don't think any major one. I am curious. I'm a little biased on this. What um, kind of ASICs, since I don't know if you can tell me this, 
but in terms of your guys, you've done a great job. I'm curious on thoughts on the heel bevel on posterior flare, as I know that ASICs, and I'm not trying to be negative here, typically doesn't do a ton of heel bevel. It's a little more extended. I'm curious as to what prompted you guys to add this a little bit more and if we might see a little bit more development there. I know some other companies that I don't are going the opposite direction of this and extending it way out. So I'm curious to know where you are going with this. Mm -hmm. I'm also a big proponent of a heel bevel as it can anatomically reinforce what that curve calcaneus. Yeah, I'm a big fan of analogy. So I'll use one from the, the auto space and that's speed doesn't kill. It's, it's really the amount of time it takes for you to, to go from hundred to zero. Okay. And so kind of like how cars had have, have the crash panels where if you had a full steel, you know, frame on a car and you were to hit a brick wall, the passenger in the car would be totally wrecked. Like in the sense that they'd be definitely ER, likely a lot of internal bleeding. And so they've strategically engineered these crumple structures or these areas that are, you know, designed to kind of control the load and, and basically take that time interval and extend it. So similarly, what we saw in some of our testing was that if you increase the bevel or you adjust some of the geometry in the heel and through the whole shoe, you can kind of adjust the amount of time it takes at different parts of the, the gate, whether it be like heel strike, mid stance or toe off. And you're kind of seeing us play with that in the light family in the ride family or in the efficiency silo, I have to say with glide ride and, and Evo ride. Um, and so all these things that we're learning, we're, we're kind of looking at, okay, how do we move these into some of the core product as well? And obviously being cognizant of the fact that we need to be respectful of, of the consumers we have there and they don't do that too, too quickly, but that would be kind of the, the goal or motivation is like, how do we take all this really great stuff that we're learning about, you know, this, these new foam innovations, geometries, new technologies that we kind of now own and, um, and kind of use this across a broader swath of product to, to make everybody able to experience some of the stuff that we're delivering in these really great innovation packages like the Light Family. So what yeah, I'm and I, what I'm hearing not to interrupt today, but what I'm hearing is it's not just about the bevel that I harp on about all the time. It's hey, how does the what's the speed the material compresses at, right? What's the geometry of how that goes through? Not just how curved is this, but there's a couple other variables that affect that. Which seems like every day I learn that things are much more complicated than just part of the learning process. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, it's not a, you're not a lever when you come into contact with the ground, there's typically a a lot of three dimensional planes that you're going through with regards to loading rate and forces and things like that. And so um, really kind of diving into that with a couple of different partners that we're working with to, to try to better understand how we apply that with our materials to improve the running experience. That's fantastic. I think that's one of the things that we hope that, uh, that we're using our platform for is we see uh, the innovations happening in the running shoe industry that in theory can do a lot of good for the, the body of the runner. Um, and I, I think that what happens though, is people get so stuck in their, in their shoe that they're not willing, like somebody who loves the Nimbus may never consider the Nimbus light just because it's not the Nimbus. It's something different. Um, but our hope is that we can help people think critically. And I think hopefully they listen to what you had to say about, kind of what that, that there's a lot of thought and science behind the construction of one of these new shoes that's different than what you're used to, but there's reason for it that could be beneficial for the person's body from an impact perspective, which is going to change the stresses and strains through different tissues. Um, and depending on who you are, it could be the exact right thing for you. And so our hope is that by having these conversations, by putting out our reviews and thinking deeply about the science and trying to communicate that in ways that 
make a lot of sense, which your analogies help a ton, um, that, that people are willing to kind of take that step and kind of the, the consumer is part of the advancement of the industry, I guess is what I'm saying is if, if nobody wants to try something new, the industry is not going to move forward. Um, right. unless, I mean, unless you just say, well, we'll just drop it anyway and, and move forward. So no, it's exciting what you guys are doing. And, um, Yes, it's really great. So, Chad, thank you so much for giving us your time tonight. Uh, for those of you who are interested, you can learn more about some of these ASIC shoes on our website, doctorsofrunning.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube and our podcast on any podcast platform. So, Chad, thank you so much again for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next time. Yeah, thanks, guys. Pleasure. <laughs>